0: Hey, this is Pastor Stephen from The Vine in Chapel Hill. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Our prayer is that regardless of where you are right now, the God of this universe would speak specifically to your heart through this message in Jesus' name. For more information about our church, mission, or to give online towards this ministry, go to thevinechurch.com I'm the branch of the vine Everything I'll go ahead and start because while we're in that moment of the movie, I had to like stock up on my tissues up here and everything because I knew it was going to be a cry fest today. Um, So as you've seen, uh, these kids, they went to some place called the ramp. And uh, I got to experience it firsthand as going to the kids' ramp. And uh, honestly, I was kind of hesitant in taking the youth because I was like, I don't know if this is where they belong, man. And because when you walk in the, seriously, when you pull up to the ramp and you walk in the doors, stuff happens. Stuff begins to change as soon as you walk through the doors. We're not even in the main congregation yet. We're in the lobby and I already see chains falling off these kids left and right, and they're already sitting there praising and stuff. Like that. I'm like, what, "What is even going on here?" And so I'm glad that I had the opportunity to take these kids to such a powerful place called the ramp, which we'll be going back for the winter ramp. So this was not just a Christian convention that you may gone to when you guys were in youth or, or whatnot or around town. And this is not no Christian camp that we went to. This was three long, I mean long days of an encounter with our Father. And there is no other place like that. It is absolutely amazing. And so when I say we are going back on winter ramp, I'm definitely excited. You. I wish we were going back for the fall ramp, but then i not because that's a lot on us. Um, they came home, and then Sunday, they came on Saturday night. Stuff began to happen where there could have been some doubts of miracles that happened in their lives. As you've seen, we had vision restored. We had ankles healed. We had addictions laid at the altar. Um I'm going to say, it. John John was the first one to lay something down on that altar that day. And he laid down his vape, uh, vape addiction. And uh, so, we, uh, we're we not only having the youth sit on the ground just because there's no room in here. It's because this is what they do at the ramp. There's no chairs in the ramp. All right. And so, I want to bring a little ramp to you guys. And so, we got the little filling. But, so like I said, it's three long days of an encountering with our Father. And, hold on, I got hydrate because you, you guys wore me out with that video already. <laughs> um, but, after you have an encounter with Jesus, you have a decision to make. It's this. With this encounter, to walk it out, and I'm going to live this way. Or am I going to live my own way? And all the youth had a crazy war going over their souls for three days long. The last day, as you see on all their wrists here, they said, yes. Wow. Jesus, I'm going to be with you 100%. I'm all in and committed to you. I'm done following the world, and I want to follow you. I'm laying down everything and focus on you. And please send me to wherever I need to be. So I want you to look at your neighbor and says, say this, does God have your yes? Have your yes? <laughs> because that's what we're talking about today. We're going to dig deep because they said yes, but there's some people in here that don't have a red sash. So, like I said, they said yes, but without your yes, listen to this church, because without your yes... It's hard sometimes to go back into the same home or workplace or even church and not be tempted. As teens went home on Saturday night, we immediately get messages saying, I'm back in this mess. I feel like the habits are coming back now. I'm already having doubt from what happened over the weekend. Immediately. It was an hour we pulled into the parking lot. They went home. And stuff started going back. Chains started hanging around their necks again. I want to read an odd story. I'm a youth pastor, so I like to dig up these odd stories. And we're going to go to Matthew 8, verse 28 through 34. And yes, I'm in seminary, but I've only been one class. So if I mess up on a name, I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll work work on that here in a couple months. All right. It says this. I'm reading it out of NLT. It says, when Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake, the region of Guardians, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They came out of the tomb and were so violent that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, "Why are you interfering with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before the God's appointed time?" There happened to be a large herd of pigs in the distance. Everyone say distance. Distance. Yes. So the demons begged, "If you cast us out, send us into that herd of pigs." All right, go, Jesus commanded them. So the demons came out of them, out of the men. And entered into the pigs. And the whole herd plunged down a steep hillside. But I like how the New King James Version puts it. It says the whole herd of swine ran violently down a very steep hillside. They went into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town. Telling everyone, what happened to the demon-possessed men? Then they entered the town and came out to meet Jesus but they begged him to go away and leave them alone. So you're probably like, all right, Pastor Sean, where are you going with this? Like I said, I'm a you, Pastor, man. So just hang out, all right? <laughs> so, yes, this, this story is crazy. We're talking about pigs and demons and all kinds of stuff here. So we're going to hit a couple of things on this story. It's, so why did the demons ask you to go to the pigs? Why did Jesus say yes? And why did the pigs run off the hillside and drop off into water to perish. Back in Luke 4, the devil comes to tempt Jesus. At the end of all the temptation, the devil departed from him until an opportune time. All right? You got catch that. Until an opportune time. And that's how the devil operates. We all understand that. All right? So I want to talk a little bit about spiritual, spiritual discernment. We have to be discerning of the age and time we are in. What's going on around us. What's coming up against us. Because the devil is looking for the opportune time. So that's when. That's why. The demons encountered. Uh, Encounter Jesus. They know they have to leave. They know they have to leave the men. Because Jesus is there. But. They want to stay around the men looking for the opportune time to go back in them. And that's when you are delivered. It's so important to be devoted to God in response because the devil was prowling around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Correct? Don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices, the Bible says. Most of us are listening to the enemy's voices through, let's put it, music, through the movies we watch. Alright? 24-7. That stuff goes on. And it's not just that we're ignorant. It's more like, oh, we can't get enough of it. Please, can I have more? But, don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. So, the demons want to stay around the men, but what else is happening in this story? It says the pigs were off In the distance. So it sounds like the devil wants to disguise himself in the distance. Many times we're thinking when the enemy comes around, he's going to be really, really obvious. Not at all, though, right? (laughs) The time the devil moves, most of the time, the devil moves in the background of everything and in the distance. He does this in the music you listen to. In the movies you watch, the people you entertain sometimes, and listen to this, teens, in your workplace. Come on. Yes. Because I heard a big discussion going on Friday night that I just kind of, I was like, where have we just come from? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? A workplace? Yeah, that's in there. Think about it. We have to be so spiritual spiritually discerning of what's going on. Because sometimes we may think, oh, he's way off in the distance. It's way over there. I go to church every week. I go to prayer meetings. It's it's way over there. Guys, realize he disguises himself in the distance. In verse 32, I feel like this is a big one for our youth. It says, the pigs ran away and they went down a steep hillside. See, I feel like the youth are going up this hill closer to God. And as they ascend the hill of the Lord, guess what's going down behind them? Down the steep hillside. Some of the pigs and some of the demons that have been harassing them nonstop. That's right. Come on. See, we get, deliv- we get delivered, and God takes us stuff away from-, from them. But as we run after God up the hill... And as we're running after him, there's some stuff going down behind us on that steep hillside into the water. God has a specialty of drowning voices of the enemy in the water. Yes. Look at Israel and Egypt. What happened to the Egyptians while they were chasing after God's people? God drowned them in the water. In Ezekiel, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It talks about ankle deep, waist deep, Holy Spirit... So when God does something in you, you have to cultivate it in the Holy Spirit to drown out the enemy's voice. And that's a picture of what's going on in the pigs. And Jesus is the one who sets you free, but you must live devoted to Jesus. And that's how we stay free. The love of God is 100% unconditional, but the move of God is absolutely conditional in our obedience. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says this, then if my people who are called by my name will humble humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn their, their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. But there's a special word there, though, and it's if. If you do this, then I'll do this. I think sometimes we say, "Oh, we'll just wait until God shows up." Though, in verse thirty-three and thirty-four in Matthew chapter eight, he talked about the people who kept kept the pigs. It struck me that the demons looked around to find somewhere to go, and they landed on the pigs. So, there's something about the pigs that made them stay. Say that thing can house us. Let's go in the pigs. I think that's a picture of this world and what the world is saying to our teens and us. That's why I'm not going around knocking on doors of the houses of the demons and saying, can I listen to some of your music, please? (laughs) No. I'm not knocking on their doors saying, can I watch that movie, please? Because what happened? When the people came out to meet Jesus and hear about Jesus, it almost sounds like a revival. Because remember, we just got rid of the demonic stuff that housed the success of the devil. Because remember, the pigs went down this steep hillside, correct? So, church, if we want to see change in the youth, Generation Z all together, not just this youth, or the people around us, the people at home, We need to decide if we want to take a yes of being fully devoted and committed to our Father above. That's the only way that we're going to start seeing change around here. We start at home with ourselves. These youth uh, that are sitting in front of you have already said the yes. But like I said, it's hard To keep the yes when they say it going into when it goes straight into that mess again and over and over and over again. Of course, we're going to see your teens start falling apart. Of course, you're going to start seeing the chains back around their neck. They're going right back into the mess. May have fun time. Let's watch a movie. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, but take a second guess of that movie, though, before you start showing these teens. Because I'm sick of their chains being wrapped around their neck and then them dragging right through the mud again. Never fails. Does God have your yes? Are you going to be fully devoted and committed? Because Generation Z and the people around you definitely need your yes. I love how this was put. If I mess up, I'm sorry, but it says this, and I like it because I'm a coach. It says, a good coach seeks to get his players to buy in and to come to understanding of what he's trying to do or how he or she is trying to do it. And the price that has to be paid in order to get it done. They want buy-in. Guess what God wants? He wants you to buy in. And that means he wants commitment to who he is, what he said, and what he'll do in light of that information. He wants to know you bought in to following him. And that's not just a cliche comment or a popular saying, but you bought in. And when a player buys in to what the coach is expressing, it shows up in the player's performance on the field. If you're buying into following Jesus, it's going to show up in your decisions in your life. So One of the questions people often ask is, how do I know I'm serious? <laughs> Look at your decision making. Yeah. Because your decision, decisions follow up by your actions will prove whether or not you're committed or not. Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, rarely called for commitment in the Bible. It says he related to people differently. Even the disciples, all of them, didn't get to experience all of him because all of them weren't committed at the level. In fact, it says some of them even left him because they weren't fully committed. So the question is, have you bought into following Jesus Christ? Have you bought into being a full-time disciple and not a part-time saint? Have you bought into him being Lord of your life? If not, then why not? This right here should be a reason why you want to buy in immediately. So, if you should, why don't you? He is so worth it. So, like I said, this right here, you look in front of me. This is, this should be why. You want to change. You want to see change in your home? Guess what? You're going to have to buy in. You want to see change in your workplace? Guess what? You're going to have to buy in. And that goes from granny, grandpa, mama, daddy, aunt, mm-hmm. aunt, uncle, cousins, nephews, whatever you got in your home, you're going to have to buy in if you want to see change. Yeah. Because yes. me alone, I'm not going to do it. I can steer them, and I can help them. And that's what I'm here to do. But once I get home, it's up to you guys, not us. It's up to you guys to make that change and help them seek the right way, and not fall back on what's happening. Oh, well, my daddy's doing this, so I guess it's okay to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but but my teacher said it's okay to do this, so I'm not going <laughs> to pray anymore because I'm getting sent to principals for doing it. Yeah. It takes everyone. Yeah. I'm not just hitting one person in here. Yeah. It's going to take all of us to start seeing change in this community, in our state, everywhere. So, I want to ask you, does he have your yes? Yes. And as my worship team gets back on the stage, we're going to go into a song. And you're going to have the opportunity to say yes, that you want to start seeing change. And yes, I'm going to be fully committed. I'm going to lay down everything. Remember, these teens left everything on the altar. We've seen a vape laid on the stage from one of our teens. Thank you. Because that's what kept him from getting closer. So ask yourself, what is going to be what you lay down today? Because we need to break stuff off so you can get closer. Because seriously, the generation out here is hurting all around. And they can probably, I was not going to say this, but they're going to be the ones that probably see the coming. They're going to be the ones... That's the end. And they're going to need you to walk through it with them, though. They need you to look at your life and say, yes, I'm laying down everything so I can come closer to you. Yes, yes. I'm going to lay down the alcohol. Yes. I'm going to lay down the addictions that I got. Yes. So if you'd like to say yesterday that you're going to stand with me and the Generation Z and the kids church because they already got their sashes. They said yes too. So the youth are not the only ones that said yes. You got a whole kids group here now that it said yes. Thank you. So, and as you've seen as you've seen 20 out of 23, of the kids got baptized that Saturday morning in Williams Creek. I don't know if that's including adults, but I was one of them that I re-baptized. We need your yes as a church. We need it. Because we're, we're, we're going to be hurting. Because seriously, think about your kids coming home, the ones that have youth. When they went home Saturday night, what did they go into? What's the mess that they walked into? Come lay down the altar, and I'm not going to ask you to go to the corners. This is what I'm going to have you do. As the song starts, I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat and come up here and flood this altar. And my teens are ready to sash you with the yes. This sash that's around our wrist, we don't wear it just for the heck of it. This is our yes. You go to the ramp, they put this here for the yes. They don't take it off. So, if you want to say yes, I'd like to see you flood this altar and we will start slowly passing it out. We don't take this red sash lightly. It's nothing to be joking around about. We ask that if you already have a sash, not to take another one, okay? Because we are really short. So as oceans play, if you would, just go ahead and make your way up. I don't care how old you are, anything. Come up here and get your sash.